0: For February 6th, 2017, it's the Overthinking It podcast, episode 449. This commercial knows which side it's on. overthinking it where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve i'm matt rather i'm from los angeles where i really have no dog in the fight uh, of atlanta versus new england but uh but i know some people who do and they are the podcasting lineup of the overthinking it podcast in alphabetical order it's ben adams hello ben hello matt pete fenzel hey pete Hey, Matt. And Mark Lee, how are you feeling tonight?
1: I have so many feelings, Matt. (laughs) This is our our
0: this is our traditional Super Bowl podcast and what we do is we wait until after uh after the game is over and then take a decent break uh to you know relax uh, as you have to after you know uh chugging a bunch of bud light or i i don't know we can we can get into what we were eating and drinking uh later later on in the show and uh and then begin the podcast and and for the east coast podcasters this is an extraordinary uh uh, an extraordinary effort. And it became all the more extraordinary. Our resolve was tested. Our courage and our commitment was really put to the test. Uh, and we kind of convened in a chat room to say, what do we do? When it became clear that for the first time in Super Bowl history, this game would go into overtime, the most consequential aspect of which was that it had the potential to push our uh, podcast back untold minutes or hours, um, late and late into the night. But uh on the first drive Tom Brady and the Patriots managed to score a touchdown ending uh the sudden death overtime and winning the game. I uh the, there's a tweet that I will uh, link up in the I'll I'll embed it in the show notes for this podcast. Uh the the uh the tweet goes the exit polls then the first Florida returns. This all feels very familiar. Uh, and and, and uh, just as a few months ago with the presidential election, very late at night, a few of us who were expecting a certain outcome got a late night uh, surprise. I am, of course, returning, referring to the Stranger Things commercial that aired on Netflix tonight, which uh, was just 15 seconds of, of glory in the midst of, of what turned into a... Uh, um, in the midst of what turned into a really challenging, uh, sort of evening, depending on your, depending on your football political persuasion. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, uh, take stock of favorite commercial, uh, favorite moment of the game, just favorite anything having to do, what is the favorite thing that happened to you in the last three or four hours, uh, 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 of any sort, whatever. Uh, it could be you got the good seat on the couch. It could be you got the last bag of barbecue potato chips at your Super Bowl watching party. Whatever it is, tell us what it is. Uh, favorite thing of Super Bowl 51, Ben Adams.
2: So I definitely have to go for the drones in the uh, <laughs> the halftime show. <laughs> the drones that were used to spell out, uh, in addition to Pepsi, uh, the American flag, and a bunch of other stuff with the lights. Uh, I have a particular love for these drones because uh, a lot of the work done and in the, in the programming of these kind of swarm drones uh, was done at my own alma mater at the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, not in New England, uh, but still, you know, a pretty good school
0: that's really I, uh, that, that is really neat yeah and it must be like I was reading a Wired article which we'll link up in the show notes about the the sort of the programming of the tr- drones apparently they're like half a pound each and they uh, they, they have like automatic if one fails it, it is automatically taken out of the swarm and another one moves to take its place almost instantaneously that there's this constant kind of like fail safe calculation going on it seems very uh, very cool and uh, when when they when Skynet takes over and the machines decide either that we're not worth keeping alive or else to harvest our body heat uh, a la the Matrix, um, I, I think we can all take heart uh, in that the University of Pennsylvania contributed some great some great work to the uh, to the robot takeover.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited to have been part of that. Maybe I'll get you know, preferential treatment in the, you know, ro- robot slave camps or whatever. Right,
0: exactly. Oh god. Uh yeah, you'll get like premium you'll get a premium matrix pod, right that has, you know, yeah, the,
2: the best goo. <laughs>
0: Uh, Pete Fentzel, you're next in the alphabet. What was your favorite favorite moment? Maybe not the most consequential. Maybe not the most, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, what, uh, uh, emotionally resonant, but your favorite moment.
3: (laughs) I mean, unlike a lot of people, I like sports, although a lot of people also like sports. And so I enjoyed that it was such an exciting football game. And I also live in Boston. And even though I'm not a Patriots fan myself, I picked up on some of the energy from it. I'd like to say... Maybe, maybe from a sports person, I'm going to split this in half and say from a sports perspective. My favorite thing about the game was when uh, I like to call him NFL elite quarterback Eli Manning, just to remind everybody Uh, as a Giants fan that always makes me chuckle, Uh, received the Walter Payton Award at halftime, co-received it with Larry Fitzgerald. And you might wonder what Eli Manning could have done to have deserved this recognition for service until you realize that what he did at halftime is he gave Tom Brady back all the karma that he stole from him in like 2008, 2011. Uh, So there you go. I was also I was also ranting to the overthinkers the entire game about how everybody was was underrating the value of long field goals. And if the Falcons had kicked a 65, if the Falcons had taken a chance at a 65 yard field goal at the end of regulation, right, they would have had a better chance of winning the game, Uh, you know, whatever this and that's. Uh, and so on and so forth. But from a from a cultural and advertising perspective, if I get past the things that made me giddy, the things that made me laugh, the things that made me cheer, Robert Goodell getting booed is another big one. I have to say that the what the part of the evening that inspired me the most and that really fired me up the most and got me most interested, right, would have to have been the Wendy's commercial with the hallways full of frozen hamburgers. Uh, which was just wonderfully complex and can be understood in opposition to the Kristen Schaal Verizon. Oh, wait, no T-Mobile commercial. Right. Which was a lovely piece of television. But I would maintain a horrible advertisement. And to say in brief, the answer is that Wendy's is blaming McDonald's Right, for, for freezing they're, they're they're impugning McDonald's or something for freezing their hamburgers before serving them, whilst Wendy's does not freeze and unfreeze their hamburgers before they serve them. Uh, and yet, right, the display of hallway full of piles and piles and piles of frozen meat is awesome and looks delicious, right? Like it's also horrifying, but that's kind of the way that sublimity works, right? And then you have the guy who's melting the hamburgers. With a hairdryer who in the stated narrative of the commercial is the competition, but in the the sort of wordless visual narrative of the commercial is an awesome guy associated with Wendy's. Right, and so it was a commercial that managed to both have it had a meta narrative and a, and a and a and a present narrative that directly contradicted each other. It it basically managed to make a cake out of frozen ground meat and then to have it and eat it too. Yeah. And I just thought it was a delight. So I loved the Wendy's commercial. I thought it was great. I did not like. The Verizon T-Mobile commercials, because I thought that that underestimated how much people might be drawn to sexualizing their cell phone fees as like a positive aspect of their relationship with their carrier. Uh, but, uh, but at any rate.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. So you're saying that people like Kristen Schall actually like the pain?
3: Well, if you're people are going to want to imitate what they see, right? And they know – they want to have their experience validated, right? They want to the, have their experience of their cell phone uh, carrier validated. So say, so, like you clearly – you, know, you know, if you don't hate your cell phone carrier but they charge you a bunch of fees, it's funny to think of it as being a sort of erotic relationship. And, and, and having it be a consensual uh, erotic relationship kind of makes it okay as opposed to makes it something you would want to leave,
0: Mm. Right. I'm sure uh, we'll get into that. I'm sure we, we will yeah. get into this a little bit when we talk about yeah. uh, that commercial. But Pete Fenzel, favorite moment, uh, Wendy's meat cake made of, <laughs> of uh, hamburger, uh, yeah. you know, ends and pieces. Mark Lee, favorite moment in the Super Bowl?
1: Uh, it had to have been engaging with our
0: members in our chat oh you stole mine i was going to pander i am the one who panders
1: <laughs> okay you pander um uh, but uh mine you've already you've always well it's only fair because you stole mine which is the stranger things uh very brief 15 second sneak preview of season two um i did not join the stranger things podcast but i share in our unabiding love Of uh, or unending, unending, unbound love of Stranger Things, that television show and all of its delights. I can't wait for it to come back. Um, But uh, to throw something else new onto the table and to leave, Matt, use something to talk about and to pander with, Uh, I will have to uh, refer to the biggest surprise of this game. No, it was not seeing the Stranger Things commercial. It was not seeing the New England Patriots come from behind. It was uh, eating uh, my dinner of wings and discovering that, no, they're not chicken wings. They are, in fact, duck wings because that 's how we were all in my house. we made duck wings for the wow. super Bowl and it was delicious
0: wow that 's uh, i mean duck wings wasn 't that a wasn 't that like a Disney afternoon cartoon or uh...
1: <laughs> duck wings comma dark <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a, that 's it that 's what you had that 's what we eat in the the liberal elite Volvo driving latte swilling uh, bubble of the you know the the coastal metro uh, poles is uh, is duck wings. Dark. Uh, and I,
1: I looked across the table at my wife, and I uh, I told her let 's get dangerous
0: <laughs> and delicious and, mm. and yet you're st- and yet you're still on the the podcast with us that's uh, that is dedication uh, thank you very much for for doing that yes mine was was definitely having a uh, a live chat with overthinking it members it 's a uh, an experiment that that we tried. Um, we still tweeted a lot of our our uh, favorite observations and and witticisms and jokes, but honestly twitter seems like uh, seems like a more hostile a less whimsical place than it has in in previous years and you know the answer um in difficult times is to barricade yourself inside a kind of private elite experience uh that only you and your friends can partake in so that you're not uh challenged by any outside perspective no it's uh it's to uh, reaffirm uh your bonds with the people you love and that's what we did uh with the uh the overthinking at writers and uh the overthinking at members we all got in a uh, in a chat room and we enjoyed the game together uh commenting and typing um as as it went we we have uh, more fun um, when we're hanging out together, and the fact that we can hang out virtually like that uh, was a lot of fun. We're going to do it again for the uh, for the Oscars. So if you are an Overthinking it member and you did not take advantage of this benefit, uh, you will have another chance. And uh, if you'd like to become an Overthinking it member before the end of the month, you can uh, and uh, hang out with us for the Oscars because though we will uh, tweet some of the best lines, we'll put we'll put some of the best stuff out there into the world for everybody to. To enjoy um, if you really wanna. If you really wanna hang with us, uh, come come to our chat room. You are welcome. All all are welcome inside the in inside the clubhouse. So uh, we start the podcast every year, the Super Bowl podcast, by proposing that there is a grand narrative. To each year, each year has a theme. It's based on the state of the culture, uh, current events, politics, uh, entertainment, whatever is happening in the media. Um, and now, more than ever, we need uh, that cultural savant. We need that great narrativizer. We need that commentator and critic to tell us what happened. What we just saw and what it all means, ladies and gentlemen, now more than ever, we need our friend Pete Fenzel. Pete, (laughs) what was the 2017 narrative of the Super Bowl advertisements?
3: So to find the axis of the narrative – it helps to find two fixed points that you can regard with relation to each other, and I feel like I feel like it was pretty clear. I feel like a lot of people are going to figure this one out and see it, but for me, the the points on the axis that help inform the narrative are the two big tax preparation commercials. Right on one hand, you have John Hamm advertising. For r Block and Watson, right? And this idea that Watson, the IBM Skynet uh, analog, is uh, the cybermind the sort of great singularity of the future, is going to help you uh, file your taxes and, and get your tax returns in, and it's gonna be awesome, and you can make extra money and you can be part of this brave new future that threatens to leave everyone else behind. On one hand, that's that's one of the tax preparation commercials. In the other tax preparation commercial for TurboTax, you see an old fashioned joke about like a sort of C PGI puppet Humpty Dumpty and all the king's men and Humpty Dumpty is running into an unexpected medical bill which from an injury which you would expect potentially from somebody who's a little bit older the jokes a little bit older Humpty has begun to ooze yoke and uh, and he is asking through TurboTax his tax preparer for advice and everybody's kind of joking because Humpty's kind of a lost cause but Humpty still buys tax preparation software and it's, it's this axis, right? These two poles here set up a very different notion about oh, are you going to be part of the future or are you going to be part of the past? And you might think, oh, well, of course, that sounds like the kind of thing that's been part of the Super Bowl before. Super Bowls are often about nostalgia. Super Bowls are often about, uh, kind of like, uh, looking forward, depending on the tone of things. But, but I would say that it's about neither of those two things, nor in particular about the specific topic of those two things, but that those two very diametric, Uh, Ads, those diametrically opposed ads coexisted in the mind space. And that there were a lot of ads that developed this sort of oppositional relationship with a a segment of the potential viewership. They didn't all have a directly opposite commercial to correspond to, right? Some of them did. But the point is, and, and every time I watched an ad come up for the Super Bowl, the thing that really came to mind is this commercial knows which side it's on, Right? It knows which side it's on. And the most obvious one of this, I mean, the the two tax preparation commercials show, right? The John Hamlin one is on the side of the people who go to our futurology and like the people who are have tech jobs and, and see the technology as powerful and see technology as useful and see this as something that's gonna make them wealthy. Whereas the TurboTax is about people who are like on the way down and are trying to like get by and and are older and are sort of more traditional and conventional and and kind of dull in an adult sort of way, right? Uh you can see the different constituencies, right? Um, this ad knows what side it's on. It got very flagrant at times, right? Uh, I, I joked with our, with our chat that that Google commercial, and, and maybe I'll, I'll, I'll open the floor for the Google commercial, right, after saying this, is that like there was a Google Home commercial, and I joked that they figured out what to put in the Google Home commercial by, because Google Googled uh, who did Benghazi. Right. And then put everybody that came up in the commercial. So there were Jews. There were gays. There were people on bicycles. There was like a cello player. Right. Like there was like all of, wait, all wait, the people wait. who did Benghazi. Wait, right? the
0: cellists did Benghazi?
3: <laughs> I mean, if they if America were masculine the way that it was supposed to be. No, that's just the thing. I mean, I'm joking. Right. Because it's not it's obviously not. Uh, liberals from the perspective of conservatives, right? But it is def- the the they, uh, they tried to be subtle, but weren't, right? Like the garage door opens and you see bikes, right? And like that's making a statement. Yeah, bikes sure, and and like a
0: dachshund, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice and, and, it was like a miniature dachshund? Was the yeah, was yeah, the, exactly. It know? wasn't a border collie. Yeah, it that a, you know, right? Exactly. It's like a dog with an Instagram account, right? <laughs>
3: Exactly. And it's not. And the theme of the Super Bowl wasn't dogs with Instagram accounts, right? (laughs) The theme of the Super Bowl was not like every ad is about diversity and is about immigration and is about America trying to come together in this tough time. No, half the ad, well, about two thirds of the ads were about that. And then the other third were about like the woods or dudes or weapons or old people or the military or weapons or dudes, right? Like, uh, Or like, you know, others, I don't want to just impugn it, right? I mean, there there were some about it that was appealing, you know. Humpty Dumpty ad isn't a bad ad. No, and also, right? also, um, dudes'
0: weapons in the military are awesome, right? It's just that <laughs> you know, it's just well, that they're not the the only awesome well, things in the world. There are many awesome things. So, this
3: was a Super Bowl that had two. The two songs were sung at the beginning, and they were so completely opposite in the way they were set up, right? It was was it America the Beautiful, the first song? Uh, and it was sung by the by the cast of Hamilton, by three members of the cast of Hamilton. Yes, and they did it correct. in like wonderfully virtuosic fashion. And then they're like, okay, they sang that. Now we're gonna bring out the armed forces and have a country singer sing the national anthem. And the funny thing is not that, is not just that uh, which one is good and which one is bad, is that there were two of them and that they were so clearly opposed, right? In, in the way that they were set up. They were sort of they were sort of turf-carved out right? I mean, I don't know. What did you guys... I I said that I would open it up after mentioning the Google commercial, but there was so I mean, the big one, World of Tanks, right? You guys remember the commercial? It was called World in of world Tanks. World of Tanks.
2: Tanks rule.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: and, and, you should know I strongly considered interrupting your monologue to inform you that we are in a it, World of Tanks and Tanks rule. Yes, and so, and so... But remember, there was that commercial of,
3: like, Real Housewives of House Dumb or something, like a fake Real Housewives commercial, and then they all get murdered by tanks right because uh, one of my first instincts was to say that the super bowl commercials were all going to be about violence like horrible anger and violence but no no it was only violence in service of identifying your in-group and out-group right it's like uh and that violence was like oh man i hate reality tv and reality tv celebrities and i hate the real housewives and i hate the kardashians it's almost, it's
0: almost like the, the violence when the tank crashed through the real housewives of the parodic set right it was almost not any sort of of specific malevolence towards the real housewives it's just that the 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 real housewives as as um as Marlowe says in a late season of The Wire, uh, you want it to be one way, but it's the other way, right? <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of the claims rhetorically that were made uh, by the two kind of entrenched uh, opposing um, cultural forces represented by the, the the heavily fortified country singing of the the national anthem and the, uh, the jazzy a cappella rendition by an ethnically diverse cast of Broadway stars of uh america the beautiful um by the way actually those are two songs the lyrics of which it's sort of, it, it would be sort of interesting to parse but but never mind right like um well, it, uh, the claim is uh, of each of those side of each of those sides is hey other side you want it to be one way but it's the other way they can't both be <laughs> right can they
3: Well, the beauty of the beauty of commercials and marketing and selling things is that you don't need everyone to buy your product. (laughs) You just need enough people to buy your product. So
0: that's that's an interesting point. Ben, we've we've been uh, uh, interrupting you for the last. Sorry, in a world of Ben's,
3: Ben's rule. So Ben,
0: (laughs) I
2: was gonna say it would have been interesting if they had switched the singers because there's no reason that. You couldn't have the cast of Hamilton singing the Star Spangled Banner and the Country Star singing America the Beautiful. Uh, but those songs thematically were pitched towards their audience because the Star Spangled Banner is much more the martial anthem, whereas America the Beautiful is uh, – it, much more seen as a kind of an alternative to the the war version of the National Anthem.
3: No, you can't have a woman of color sing the National Anthem because of Colin Kaepernick, and they don't want anything to do with Colin Kaepernick, right? <laughs> like They don't even want to remember that he exists uh, as a quarterback. I know, Mark, go ahead. Un- Unpack that a little bit, uh, since you brought up Colin
1: Kaepernick, because oh, yeah. it is important to the context of what's going on here.
3: I mean, for, I mean so to, to roll it all the way back, throughout the course of the NFL, there were a lot of things that happened during this NFL season. One of them involved Tom Brady getting suspended and then winning the Super Bowl Uh, and but that's an entirely different that's just what happened in the games right other things happened in the in the season one of them is that uh, sort of waning Uh, waning quarterback who never quite fully realized uh, his potential, but was still very good in his time, Colin Kaepernick for the San Francisco 49ers, in uh, acknowledgement of outstanding issues of police brutality, lack of accountability, uh, lack of of justice, and inequality with regards to the use of force by people under color of authority against people of of different races in America, particularly uh, the, the the apparent lack of accountability. for the murder and abuse of of black people and other people of color by various uh, specific and general law enforcement in the United States, right? This has been an ongoing controversy, and Colin Kaepernick, waning quarterback for the 49ers, who suddenly found himself with not that much to lose, decided he was just going to not stand for the national anthem anymore, right? Uh, and, And there was a lot of talk about the national anthem. There was a lot of blog writing about the history of it. Of course, like the history of America, it is a fraught history, right uh there's a lot to go into about it, but the point is that i don't necessarily and and there are a lot of people i mean i and I've said on the podcast I thought that what colin Kaepernick did uh, was good and was a, a great example of speech and using speech and of performance. And also, I think of kind of solemnizing and paying respect to the national anthem by using it as as a sort of privileged space for political discourse in a respectful way, right. I, I'm a fan of of the protest uh, uh, that in the way that it was enacted, particularly the taking a knee variation that developed later. Uh, you know and, and so on and so forth. But, the point is that I don't think the NFL goes into this seeing you know screw Colin Kaepernick, we want to make sure that this is the whitest national anthem you've ever seen. I think they want to go into this being like we don't want anyone to even think about him, right, or anything that happened. Uh, we, we want to make we want to give the people that were angry enough to make them happy that they won't start coming after us, which is why we got the cast of Hamilton to sing America, the beautiful, but we also don't want anybody to sort of conflate our intentions now with his intentions. Then we don't want to be associated with him, which is why we got the country singer under, you know, a color guard uh, to sing the white country singer to sing the national anthem. Anyway, that's, that's my take on that. And I mean, people have a lot of feelings. I'm not saying anyone's feelings necessarily. I'm not here to argue. That's just my take on it. So uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm here to make friends, not to win. Unlike Tom (laughs) Brady doesn't care if he has any friends, but (laughs) Because he has five rings. No, anyway, sorry. To hand it back to Ben and, and Mark. Yeah, I guess I'll jump in because we're talking a lot about sort of the, the
1: political battle lines that are being drawn and, and different aspects of this pageantry and the, specific, uh, the spectacle taking sides, the one side or the other, right? And it's worth mentioning um, – I don't know how much we want to get into this, right? The, the, uh, how essentially um, America had deemed the patriots to be the Trump team. Right, because not um, uh, for uh, silly reasons, but really for substantive reasons, because Belichick. Uh, the The coach, Brady, the quarterback and the owner, I think, are all on record as being supporters of Trump um, because a, notor- degree, yeah. a, a notorious neo-Nazi troll on Twitter basically said that a Patriots victory is an alt-right victory and uh, a variety of other things going on as well. And, uh, and interestingly on Twitter, a friend of the podcast, uh, Josh Gondelman, had picked up the banner as well and said that, you know, for every Patriots – he's a Patriots fan, but for every Patriots uh, – Touchdown that the, the, the every touchdown that the Patriot score is going to donate such amount of money to like the NAACP legal defense funder or something like that. But uh, we just it, 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 all that is to say, like, this was all around us everywhere. Um, and we, the, the audience was, was primed to receive uh, all of the festivities, the songs and the commercials and the halftime show and everything like that um, as uh, being on one side of this divide. Or the other, uh, whether it deserved to be put there or not. I guess what I'm saying is that yes, there is such thing as overthinking all of this, um, <laughs> and describing too much political weight and significance uh, to what is ultimately, uh, and, you know, in some aspects a you know uh, a sporting event and commercials and, and and music and things like that. But um, you know, I, I'm not here to sort of like you know. Uh, toss all that into that corner because what is this this is the overthinking of podcast we're going to dig into this so um i don't know how much else there's to say about sort of that that the the broader political uh thing but i guess i mentioned before like it it is absolutely you know a a part an important framing and context for all the other stuff that was going on
2: so what i noticed on that was that several ads I could tell immediately we're going to get political politicized, I guess, or at least people would import political valence to them. Uh, And not only, I guess, little P politics, but partisan politics. And several of those commercials were telling stories or sending messages that as short as two or three years ago would have passed entirely unnoticed as just like a treacly nice commercial. Uh, Like the Budweiser ad is a good example of that, where really that's just like kind of like a founder's myth with like a little bit of like, yeah, sometimes immigrants weren't treated great in the 1920s, which is (laughs) like eighth grade social studies uh, or or even like the Airbnb ad, which is just like a was just like a very generic like. Isn't it great that peoples of all nations can come to America and, you know, subvert hotel laws in order to. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
3: the most American
2: thing is not paying your taxes, right? <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, you couldn't help in this because like some of the ads like you obviously like, Audi,
0: uh, immigrants are notorious for disaggregating legacy enterprises, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh,
2: but like the Audi for equal pay ad, like, yeah, obviously that has like a clear political message as well as the. uh I didn't even catch the name of the company, which probably means it wasn't a successful advertisement, but the uh, the hair product company <laughs> that made a reference to, well, for the next four years, hair is going to be bad. Like, okay, those obviously have partisan messages, but several others didn't have to, and yet you, you can't help but read it in there. Yeah, What was that Ridiculous Water
3: Company? There was the water company that had like the most. It was just like it was like they had a bunch of missing letters from the name of the water, and it was like all in sort of uh, artsy, high fashion block prints. And then it was like raining rainbows, and everybody was hyper, hyper liberal, and 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 like uh, hands across America. And I was just like, wow, this is this is like the most. This is the was that was it, that Life Water? Was it Life Life Water Life like, L, Water? L- L- yeah, F-E W, w- T R something. W T
2: R. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it's pronounced in Philadelphia water. I think they have a little <laughs> miniature duck signs is what they have. Sorry Matt, I interrupted
0: you. No, not a, not at all. I mean there's a, there's an interesting thing like uh uh, there's an interesting thing because a lot of the way these kind of so-called – and I, I, I like – I'm generally not a fan of the –ized uh, suffix. Like people talk about things getting politicized, things getting sexualized, things getting uh, –
3: Jazzercized.
0: <laughs> right. And my point is that uh, there's uh, there's jazzercism in all of us, right, all the time. Uh, and when we're talking about these things, we're we're generally talking about some aspect of unfairness, some aspect of exploitation. And some aspect of, uh, of, um, you know, improper use of, of, uh, discursive power when, when we're talking about these things, but they're already political. They don't need to be politicized, right? They're, they're, there's a sort like any sort of exercise of speech in, in this kind of content context is intrinsically political because like, there is a, there are preconditions to the speech about who is allowed to speak and what the range of things they're allowed to say, uh, uh, is uh, what the range is right? Like, are are you allowed to take a knee during the national anthem? Right. That's and that actually what that acceptable range is 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 a, something that's that's hotly contested and is kind of stringently policed at both borders. Uh, you know, by various people who are interested in in moving the borders and in in, um, in certain directions. So, but but I mean, I think that the way that this political um, message was conveyed, the way it's conveyed in a lot of these commercials, in the Airbnb commercial, in the Coke commercial from last year, which is again um, uh, Oh Beautiful, uh, uh, America the Beautiful. By the way, sorry, rat hole in my rat hole. Um, oh Beautiful, uh, America the Beautiful was sung at uh, the recent presidential inauguration. And, uh, there's the, the first verse, which everybody knows and children sing and, and, um, all this kind of thing. Uh, they know it as well as they know the, uh, the Star Spangled Banner, the first verse, anyway, of the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, and they understand a lot more of it than anyone actually understands of the first verse of the Star Spangled Banner, which has, um, uh, which has knotty, tangled, uh, periodic, uh, you know, syntax with a lot of subordination and a lot of uh, uh, weirdness going on. Um, I'll, just, I'll just say that uh, the first verse uh, of the Star-Spangled Banner asks a question. It's like a single question. And the answer might be no. Uh, so, uh, America the Beautiful, uh, it was sung at the, the presidential inauguration and there's a verse, it's the second, it's the third or fourth verse. Uh, oh beautiful for, and by the way, I gave this as a, a, a charades clue once in, uh, in a game of charades played by all the overthinkers together because this is how we roll when we play charades together. It was, you know, the, the, uh, clue was song lyric, right? So you do the, the, like the vomiting motion for song and then the, the finger quotes for lyrics, song lyric. Uh, oh beautiful for pilgrim feet, whose stern impassioned stress a thoroughfare for freedom beat across the wilderness America America god mend thine every flaw confirm thy soul in self control thy liberty in law and that is a that is a wonderful watchword to uh to kind of carry um through actually all uh to all um times in a constitutional government um but anyway the way this narrative of like this political narrative of kind of we're all uh, of diversity is portrayed um the way it's filmed is i think kind of unwittingly conservative right because the the message is we're all the same Uh, and, and the way that this is shown is that there are sort of parallel narratives going on at the same time. Uh, the Lexus ad, the, the, uh, post-apocalyptic soapbox derby ad was not, um, was not like this. It was a single story and it, it was about something that's exceptional, but the, um, the coke ad uh we sing america the beautiful in a bunch of different languages and everyone is doing different pastimes and activities everyone is dressed differently everyone is a different ethnicity everyone has a different um descent right and we're all americans and we all think that that america is beautiful and like though the 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 message is that though the external trappings are you know superficially different um that the important thing is that there is a Still, uh, more profound core of humanity to everything. Um, same thing with the Airbnb ad with the split screen, like it's, you know, that kind of flipbook effect was like, you know, may as well be one side as the other, may as well be one face as the other, may as well be one race as the other. Um, and the, uh... Uh, you know, uh, this is the uh, and even some of the Google the Google commercials, right? When when it did this, and they were showing all the just the 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 horse show of coastal uh, elite liberalism, right? Like um, all these people, you know, playing playing their cellos, cooking their duck wings. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Instagramming <laughs> Instagramming photos Instagramming of their the yeah their photos photos of their dachshunds, right? Like this is uh uh, it was all cross cut together as though these many. stories Stories are um, are one story, and and the point that I want to make, like I, you know, I don't know, it tugs at my heartstrings, and I think it's, I think it's very beautiful, and I, I think that, um, uh, I think that that it's a uh, uh, useful message in these times. But my point is, it's it, the, the um, it seems to me that the that the so-called uh, progressive or identity political message is that there is an irreducible difference in. Different kinds of descent, different kinds of tradition, different kinds of ethnicity, and that uh, there's a there's great beauty in this um, in this uh, diversity, and uh, but that it's irreducible, right? That there that you can't kind of rub away the uh, different religious garb, you can't rub away uh, the different ethnicities and find a kind of just average human under you know underneath. Uh, underneath everybody. And, and the kind of the alighting the, uh, of differences through, through the cross-cutting um, is, I, th- I, I think, a beautiful message, but it's not necessarily a progressive one, because it to a certain extent, it says that the differences don't matter, or at least that they don't matter as much as the, the similarities, which is that we all use Google. And that's, uh, yeah. you know, that, that's what unites us. That's what unites us as Americans and as citizens of the world, uh, as, uh, of the, like the global order, you know, <laughs> uh, more than, more than anything, anything that might divide us that we all, uh, speak, um, into the air and, uh, uh friendly sounding woman who lives in a pillar, a plastic pillar on top of our bookshelf, uh, answers us with answers to our various questions.
3: I, I to, to, to. Follow up on this. I think this is a big part of what I'm talking about when I'm talking about in grouping and out grouping, right? In that the commercials are not trying to make cases for why things ought to be a certain way, not really. Right, like like the Wendy's commercial that I love so much doesn't even make a particularly strong case that frozen hamburgers are bad. The the T-Mobile I keep calling it Verizon commercial. The T-Mobile commercial certainly fails to make a case that cell phone bills are bad. Right, like uh, let alone that you know alternative sexual lifestyles are good or bad. Right. Um, the, the idea is that people are so charged up and so hypersensitive and hypersuspicious, and and their trust has been so damaged uh, that all you have to do is show certain symbols that are associated with being a member of a certain team, and it's sort of like a free pass, right? It's like, well, if they were the other side, then they wouldn't support our troops. Well, if, like, here's a great example, right? I think a great example here, do you remember the Melissa McCarthy commercial about the environment?
0: Right? Well, uh, About the futility of environmental activism.
3: Well, yes, but it identifies Melissa McCarthy as like a well-meaning advocate for the environment who drives a Kia, even though her efforts are futile. And it's kind of, and the idea is like, well, all the things that you do in your life to help the environment aren't going to work. But if you care about the environment, you should buy a Kia because we think, it, we do do and it's funny, right? Like, and uh, that's like the, that's sort of the message of the commercial, right? But the main point is that it's like, hey, I care about, Global warming. Hey, I care about, you know, endangered species. Oh, okay, I'm on your team. I know what team I'm on. Here's the funny part. Right after the Super Bowl ended, right after the overtime ended, there was a Hyundai ad, right? And the Hyundai ad took us live to a military base right overseas and, and interviewed soldiers, right, who are kept away from their families uh, and, and by their service, which is like a super duper conservative way. Like like people have talked a lot about how the NFL uh, pays how the military pays the NFL out of its marketing budgets, right, to promote the military, which it could do for any number. I mean, it does for any number of good reasons, right? It's like, well, we have to recruit and we want to have PR. We should have PR and so on and so forth um and and, but you know there's a lot of conversations about that right but like but like you know in a in a sort of party agnostic way the hyundai commercial is nice right the kia commercial is nice they're on opposite sides of the political spectrum have you guys caught the funny thing about this
0: uh, no tell us the joke pete explain the joke that that, always makes it better
3: they're both korean companies yeah well what more than that they're the same company (laughs) <laughs> they're not just both korean companies they're owned hyundai and kia are owned by the same oh, kia, kia
0: is the luxury badge of of hyundai
3: no no they're not it's not the luxury badge it's oh. just that they're they're just two brands that are owned by the same conglomerate got it okay and they and they share a lot of the same technology right and they said like i think the running the and run, i mean it's it's uh i mean maybe maybe i'm somewhat outdated on this but uh, but but my sense is that the way it works is that Hyundai is the more prestigious one that managed to move up market uh, sooner, right? And they've re- spun off the Equus brand as their luxury brand, right? But that like Kia is a few years behind, and so Hyundai rolls out the new technology, and then when it's it might Wait, not work Equus so well. Equus or is
0: it is it Genesis? Oh sorry, Genesis. Yeah. yeah
3: sorry, Equus was the old Hyundai uh, luxury car right, uh, the super luxury car. And they also had the Genesis. And so they rolled all of that into the new Genesis brand. And then Kia also has a luxury car. But I think that might not be happening anymore. And now they're going to be moving in the direction of making like a sports sedan. But the point being that that um, that Hyundai and Kia Motors, like Kia Motors is part of Hyundai and is owned by Hyundai in the same way that Buick is owned by General Motors. Right. And and yet they
2: both commercials. What's up? Or also relevant to this broadcast the same way that Bush is owned by the same company that owns Budweiser. There you go. Uh, you know, that didn't even occurred to
3: me. And Bush was the conservative beer company with the white guy and the bald eagle and the beard and they're drinking beer in the woods and, and like that. And then and then Budweiser was about the immigrant. Right. And so Budweiser is signaling that they're on the side of the immigrants, that they're not on Trump's team. Right. And then uh, then Bud, and then Bush is signaling that they're not on the liberals team right and so so we're on your team if you're not a liberal and they're like phew because i'm tired of all these stupid liberal commercials about all the immigrants right because like come on there are other problems in the world and the other people are like hey we're not in trump's he's like phew good because i'm tired of people being victimized because of of, uh just trying to get a better life like everybody i mean these are not bad people necessarily on on the other side of these things they just they just have different in groups and out groups and they're angry i mean let me rephrase that there are good and bad people all over the place in the world. It is not the purpose of this Super Bowl commercial critique to identify who the bad and good people are. But it's it like that and <laughs> Super Bowl commercials are not doing it either. That's the thing is the Super, <laughs> Super Bowl commercials are not telling you who the bad and good people are. They're just telling you which people they think are going to buy their product. And there are and certain people that are gonna buy Bush, and there's certain people that they want to buy more Budweiser. There's certain <laughs> people who are gonna buy Kias, there's certain people who are gonna buy Hyundai's, and they identify with different groups. And so the corporations market to them with different messages that are associated with these deeply personal method measures of identification, but painted over in a broad superficial brush, right? Uh, sorry, I I should I should slow down. Ben, what do you what do you what do you have
2: to I, say? I was gonna note that I was gonna note that Bud Light also in the in the same family identifies a third side to this conflict which is people that like dogs in clothing <laughs> because of the Spuds McKenzie, the return of Spuds McKenzie. Ad.
3: Well, like the Bay, the bye, bye, bye commercial with Christopher Walken and Justin Timberlake. Which side is that on? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a, a, you know, that's a, that's well, i though, right? Because it's ironical and hipsterish and they're selling like pomegranate juice or something. Right? Some they, they're defi- yeah,
0: they're definitely selling pomegranate juice. It's it's, uh, it's aimed at our demographic though, right? Because like the pomegranate juice was, was being touted not for its deliciousness, but for its lack of carbohydrate, uh, its lack of sugar <laughs> and, <laughs> and also for its like, uh, it's you know, nutritional content. It's like uh, antioxidant potential. So it was for, it was for like a newly health conscious generation which is like us you know people people in our 30s who are realizing you know who who may have already <laughs> you may have already had the first colonoscopy you know depending on <laughs> depending on your I, I mean I have yeah, depending on your family stuff. history the, don't the, be afraid
3: of a if you have to get a colonoscopy for health reasons it's scary don't be scared it's going to be fine do it it's important take care of yourself be healthy okay that's 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 one thing. Wow. Okay. The okay. Wow. The, the podcast.
0: Yeah. That's a, that's a liberal elite message. Take care <laughs> of yourself the well,
3: health. here. You know, who else is owned by ABN by Anbev is freaking Michelob Ultra, the beer for CrossFitters, right?
2: Which is
0: What did you think of that commercial? That was that we all thought of you because you're the, you're the only CrossFitter that I'm, I'm, uh, uh, close, close with a CrossFitter
2: from Boston and they were singing the cheers song. I but see they're a little late for me because of
3: horrible hip and back injuries. I haven't been able to crossfit in like a year and a half, uh, and I had to I had to leave it. Uh, and that's a whole other subject. But yeah, no, they were totally. But that's the, I guess that's the other thing is that it's not just when you're saying what side. I'm on your side, right? Like the ad is saying to somebody who perceives there as being out groups that are out to get them or are different from them and in groups that are like them or that embrace them or that they want to be part of that are cool and friendly, right? Um, these are not like these don't split 50 50, right? Like uh, like it's not like the guy the guy who likes the Humpty Dumpty commercial is necessarily like really, really thinks all the time about immigrants being like bad. Like, maybe like it's certainly he might, but maybe not. Right. Like the guy who likes the Bush commercial may not necessarily care, might actually like be fine with diversity, but he's just not in that in group. Right. Uh, and then, and so it's like you're you're identifying the out group by things that you leave conspicuously absent and what you include. Right. But it doesn't match. Like you could definitely it's definitely not a 50 50 thing like like the in group for John Hamm selling the tax software is not the same as the in group for i mean i want to say all the michael bay movies but that's a whole entire thing altogether um, well there, there,
0: the the i think it was ryan uh, in our um in our members chat who pointed out that the cinematography of the new transformers film looks like a terrence malick movie uh more than <laughs> it looks like a michael bay movie but let's talk let's talk a little bit about um the scathing political commentary in the super bowl halftime show the uh the defiant gestures of protest the uh astonishing um the astonishing political statements made by lady gaga let's talk about those peace be
3: upon her now that she's fallen off the stage and died (laughs) which, which she does at the end of the show spoilers no she jumped off it and caught a football yeah well no she
0: caught the football and and then she jumped on it i mean i guess if she had caught the football in midair that would have been an even more impressive stunt but like you didn't see it you didn't see the first jump like she started uh singing at the top of the stadium um hooked into a harness while the drones flew around behind her making various shapes in the american flag and and uh you know red and white and blue um LEDs, uh, lighting up the night sky. Uh, but that was a pre-tape. And so you you didn't actually see the stunt where she jumped off the top and was lowered down in a harness into the, uh, uh, into the stadium because the, that it wasn't, it wasn't really done. And, and likewise, you didn't see actually the jump, uh, that she did, you know, you didn't see what her crash pad looked like or whether she like fell down a trap door or something, something like that. So I was, I was less than impressed by. Uh, by that stunt at the end as well uh, let, let me give let me give you my hot take on the um uh, uh on the halftime show and see if you guys uh agree or uh or disagree um uh, maybe mark maybe you can uh can weigh in uh on this i thought it was a um I thought it was a competently, uh, in terms of being a competently executed entertainment, I thought it was excellently done. It was put together by professionals who uh, engineered it to within an inch of its life, uh, and I felt like it was ultimately very disappointing. Um, and did not provide a lot of what, what I was looking for, which I suppose was for Lady Gaga, uh, who I would expect to want to signal uh, to me that the in-groups that I consider important are in fact important and that I'm good for, for belonging to them and wanting wanting to belong to them and believing uh, that they're good. Um, she failed to do that uh, entirely and, and really sort of failed to to address the moment in a way uh that was anything that was anything more than uh than uh hokey i don't know what what, uh, mark what did you think did you uh did you like or not lady gaga good or bad
1: (laughs) which side am i on okay so in response to that um i i don't know i'm gonna disagree a little bit with what you're saying if for no other reason than because i'm looking at the lyrics to born this way um which is earlier on in her set. And the lyrics are, are, are you know, were very distinctly uh, uttered, were enunciated. So you could very, you know, there was no mistake in terms of what it was that she was saying. Right. That song, everybody, you know, is, is already well aware of it as sort of, you know, a, um, a LGBT pride song, essentially. Right. And, um, you know, and and you it's because it's a medley. You can pick and choose which verses you choose. And, and and she chose to go with the one that says, you know, no matter gay, straight or bi, lesbian, transgendered life. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born to survive, no matter black, white, or beige. Cho- cholo or... I don't know exactly how these words scan, but anyway. Chola or, or yet made. I'm on the right track, baby. I was born to be brave. In um, particular, the first half of that uh, stanza there, right? Where uh, it's like nailing it on the head. Gay, straight, or bi, lesbian, transgendered, right? You know, like, uh, she is... You know, I, I, I could see, uh, uh, you know, people feeling like some sort of... Uh, Subversive progressive uh, agendas being shoved down or down their throats, and if what you're going for, if you want, is some you know a provocative statement to be made, then there's at least a little bit of gesture towards it there in those lyrics. Um, to your point, Matt, the rest of the show was, uh, I think, pedestrian was the word that you used, um, but uh, you know that subver- kernel of subversiveness was certainly there was not entirely lacking.
0: Um sure. I mean that the the um I don't know. I'm I'm looking up the chart history of Born this way because I feel like things like that get defanged by popularity a little bit. They get, you know, um they get sort of made uh uh they get made normal. I'll I'll report back in on that when, when I have it. Ben, what did you think of the of the halftime show?
2: And I probably lean more towards Matt your finding that I it was definitely Well, extremely well done and entertaining, Uh, I think more so than a lot of the previous shows have been, which have been kind of a hodgepodge of nothingness, whereas this actually had. I'm a firm believer that the single performer halftime shows are strictly better than the multi performer halftime shows, Uh, (laughs) just because it it enables you to have kind of a unity of of purpose and vision in, in what's going on. Uh, and I appreciated the, uh, you know, the the tricks. It, it added some new elements, the the harnesses and stuff. Though I was disappointed to find out that that was not done live. That's uh, uh, probably good for the safety of uh, of Lady Gaga, but not quite as good for entertainment.
0: I values. think the issue. I mean, near as I can tell from the things I read on the internet that have made me an expert, um, the. Uh uh, it was an issue of, of clearing the airspace for the drones, uh, especially, ah. g- especially given that. So like the, the standing on top stunt uh, probably would have been very difficult to do, um, but uh, would have been possible. The, uh, the drones, the however many dozens or hundreds of, of drones flying over the Super Bowl was just an, a non-starter. Um,
1: Oppressive government regulations, (laughs) the Federal Aviation Administration (laughs) prevents us from having our live drone spectacular. Trump will change this. Trump what? will make America's <laughs> halftime
2: drone. Uh, I mean,
0: I th- actually one of the, I, one I of
2: was the... wondering how they could, we're going to do the fireworks with the drones. Cause that, that, that alone presents a bit of a deconfliction problem. There, uh,
0: there's a great, Oh God, Google, Google this. I'm not going to find it. Put it in show notes, but there's a great like 4th of July drone footage, uh, flying over the East river in New York city, uh, through the, through the fireworks. Like, and the, the drone actually survives. I guess it, it just it was like, lucky not to suffer a direct hit from a uh, from a uh, from a firework. So uh, uh born this way spent um 20 weeks on the uh the Billboard Hot 100 chart uh peaking at Peaking at number one, it's certified four times platinum. And so, though, so uh, though, you, I I absolutely grant your point, Mark, uh, that it's um, uh, that the lyrics are subversive. I'm I'm not sure the lyrics are. I'm I'm not sure it's there as a song. I feel like it's there as as a number one hit. To to I mean, to a certain extent, to
2: to some extent, this ties back into what we were talking about earlier: is that both sides kind of got to see their stuff in it because if you wanted to just look at it as a pure entertainment object to just blow past the lyrics which plenty of people do uh, that that's one that's one side to to look at it from but on the other hand if you were looking for some sort of statement you know that that song has special meaning i mean that that song has a uh, or though lady gaga's whole out repertoire i think has a meaning to lgbt communities and and various other progressive causes but I'm not certain that that's something that's like widely known outside of those communities. That's a, that's yeah, an
0: America interesting ha- point.
1: America has uh, to great. I'll grant that point. America has a long proud tradition of ignoring and completely misinterpreting song lyrics. Right? Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, we can readily point to Bo- "Born in the USA" and many, many, many other songs.
3: Deuces don't even wear clothes. Um, <laughs> what did you think? Pete? But, <laughs> um, I, I, it was notable. She said that she was there to make everybody feel good. Right. right? Just dance. Um, just dance but also but it was the yeah. I agree that the part she did at the beginning which and also just the presence of the drones is signaling to a more conservative group that that she's going to be doing a show for them right and that because i feel like there was a huge expectation before the show furthered by a bunch of different groups of people that lady gaga was going to do something hugely controversial and politically expressive at the halftime show This was like the expectation. And it's a product of the environment where we expect our freaking avocado commercials to do something expressive and political during the uh, (laughs) during the Super Bowl. Right. And that's
0: avocado commercial. I am am going to build a wall of chips around (sighs) my guacamole. The
3: avocado commercial where everything is controlled by a conspiracy, like an evil conspiracy. It's like, <laughs> I'm just trying to sell the freaking avocados. and I have to deal with the drug cartels, and I have to deal with the fascists, and I have to deal with the proto-neo-fascists, and it's crazy. Uh, I just want people to eat the guac. Why can't they just eat the guac? Um, but yeah, but Lady Gaga – I think that the, the, the thought I feel like the thought to appease both audiences might be what one thing can I find that will make both people happy. Right. And, and then another thought might be what multiple performers can I bring together in order to have there be something for everybody who is watching the show, such as have Coldplay and Beyonce on stage at the same time. Right. right. And this is different. They got one person and the person just did different things. Right. They just had like different segments of their show that were directed at different parts of the audience. And they never really uh, went so far in any one of the directions. And I think tempered indeed by popularity uh, and also just by the by the athletic by the athletic commitment like, just putting her body on the line in the show, I think, was pretty impressive. This, the, Like, all the singing and dancing, and, I mean, you could tell, right, because there was a little bit of, of pitch that was lost, and then at one point, they got behind the temple by, like, a beat or two, and they had to catch up, so you could tell in real time that it wasn't just canned.
0: Not And, right? and not, um, actually, not, like, bad, and not, like, amateurish. No. If you're, you have to be a musician maybe to hear it, or be, you know, have some sensitivity to music, but, like, it was definitely, uh, it was definitely live. It was something, frankly, that i really appreciated about it because i feel like we hear too much canned music uh these days
3: yeah but i do feel like it felt out of step and it is i think it's telling that what side is lady gaga it also came right after that tiffany commercial where she disavowed being a rebel Right. And, and endorse and endorse Tiffany. Right. Which is uh, which in and of itself was a little bit weird and pretentious. Uh, but it's like, well, in, it's it's clarified. What side is the halftime show on? The halftime show is on the side of the NFL. Right. Well, and that's kind of the idea. Yeah, right? sure. They aren't going to allow you now to put on a halftime show if you're not part of their team. Right. They're going to balance it in some way Uh, because they don't they don't want to have a Colin Kaepernick on their hands. You know, somebody who uh, who fights controversy that they're interested in. This halftime
2: halftime show made clear you don't even get to watch if you're not part of the team. Yeah. All the screaming fans out in the audience are like clearly heavily drilled performers in their own right. Like they were much more so than maybe I'm just not misremembering previous year's halftime shows. But I feel like much more so in some of the previous shows, the the quote unquote fans watching out on the field were basically just performers because they all had like their lights and their marks to hit at various points, so that the lights would be pretty on the field. Uh, so you you got to be on board with uh, with Team Goodell, or you don't you don't get into uh, the the Energy Stadium.
0: It was a very, I mean, it was a very. Um, uh, complicated set of business relationships right between the nfl uh lady gaga tiffany um and then uh fox tiffany, not tiffany oh, t- oh t- is
3: it right is it, was it- i think you're
0: alone <laughs> <Or is> it- <laughs> now there doesn't seem to be yeah tiffany's um uh where they have breakfast and the uh the uh the fox network which did it show its uh or G- I, national geographic or what, whatever it is or they owned are they owned by fox um the uh they did uh their albert einstein playing uh a bad romance or whatever it was yeah it was bad romance yeah. uh for as an advertisement for the show genius like that was a that was a very complicated set of like synergistic uh corporate media relationships Oh, that, you didn't even mention pepsi did you oh no yes the pe- yeah the, the, absolutely the, yeah. It was the pepsi halftime show
3: So two things. One, yes, uh, two years ago or a year and a half ago, National Geographic announced that 21st Century Fox would take on a 73% controlling interest in National (laughs) Geographic and that they would be in a partnership with each other. And then second, the formal name is Tiffany and Company. So I guess it is still Tiffany, even though it's referred to as Tiffany's. Although I like the idea of Tiffany, the pop singer, being somehow involved in the evening's endeavors. (laughs)
0: there doesn't seem to be anyone around yep well uh we might leave it there for our discussion of the uh for our discussion of super bowl li 51 the first one in history to go uh into overtime an incredible comeback from uh from the patriots an incredible victory for the alt-right uh let's uh <laughs> oh,
3: and a victory! I, I want to know I'm what sorry. happened. I'm, I'm sorry. Go was I wrong? Love the website to find out what happened to the poor little girl who was making the American flag out of trash. Like, come on! Did anyone go to the lumber website? Is it a lumber company? I, I don't even I, know what company it I, is.
2: It is. I tried to go, and it was down. So it was a oh. Sub Rosa ad for Amazon web hosting services.
3: <laughs> yeah. So they should go to GoDaddy to the John Malkovich page, which is a uh, an ad about an angry man who doesn't know how to use the internet, which <laughs> is a different in group. <laughs> like uh, about like I want John Malkovich.com. Uh, sorry, we should leave it there. I'm sorry, Matt. We should
0: leave it there. Well, let's we leave let, there. Let's, let's leave it there. This this podcast, Lake America, is an unfinished experiment. Um, but uh, but since we've just just scored a touchdown, we're we're going to uh, uh, you know take our sudden death victory and uh, go to celebrate. So thank you very much to to uh, to Ben, to Pete, and to Mark who are on the East Coast for uh, hanging in till nearly midnight on a school night. Uh, much appreciated by me and by uh, the listeners everywhere. Uh, If you are a listener, thank you very much for uh, staying with the Overthinking It podcast and listening. We would love to hear what you have to say about the message of the Super Bowl uh, commercials. You can find the show notes on the website at overthinkingit.com. And thanks very much to our members who made the whole night a lot more fun and uh, interesting by participating in the live chat. You can become an Overthinking It member, support the site you love, and get some cool stuff as well uh, by going to overthinkingit.com join. That's overthinkingit.com slash join we'll be next week uh, back next week with more overthinking it podcast till then visit us on the web at overthinking it where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it 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 probably probably doesn't doesn't deserve. deserve